Hello, it's Basha Cummings here. I'm an editor at Tortoise, which is the home of Sweet Bobby, Hoaxed and many more award-winning investigative podcasts. I'm here to tell you about Tortoise Investigates, where we curate the best of our chart-topping investigations in one place. Everything from extraordinary tales of deception to a suspicious killing to one mother's decades-long fight with the police. Just search for Tortoise Investigates wherever you get your podcasts. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There have always been people who don't like the way the world is run. People who get frustrated that the old world isn't grabbing hold of all the new possibilities that are out there. Who want to do things differently. Some you'd probably call visionaries. Some are dreamers. I've got a lot of time for them. We all do, probably. If they're irritated at how slow progress can be and how unimaginative the world is when there are a million problems to solve and the answers to a lot of them don't seem far out of reach, well a lot of us would sign up for a brighter future. But people who hope that they're on that journey to a better tomorrow often don't travel unaccompanied. There's another bunch of people who hitch a ride with them and seem to share their hopes and dreams. Schemers, con artists, fraudsters who make a fortune selling the promise of a new frontier that isn't really there. A woman once hailed as a Silicon Valley visionary is facing federal fraud charges tonight. Moderna's founder Elizabeth Holmes has now officially been indicted on federal wire fraud. Good afternoon, I'm Matt Miller. Bernie Madoff said he had no excuse before a federal judge sentenced him to 150 years for masterminding the largest Ponzi scheme. Maybe that's just the way the world is. Dreamers and con artists drawn to each other like magnets, like they've always been. One of the big dreams for the past few years has been cryptocurrencies. For people who really believe in them, they're a vision of a different kind of future. One where you don't have to trust governments. You don't have to trust banks. So, as night follows day, the dreamers and the con artists have swarmed around the crypto world. And for people like me, staring into it, trying to make sense of the individuals in the swarm, there's a fascinating puzzle, which is really what this whole podcast is about. Who's who? Who is a visionary? And who's a villain? And who's both? Since I started investigating that question nearly a year ago, the world's got interested in it too. Some of the biggest and richest companies in the cryptocurrency world have collapsed. FTX is the brainchild of Sam Bankman-Fried, He's been previously hailed as a savior of the crypto industry. A lot of people look at you and see Bernie Madoff. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's who I am at, at all, but I understand why they're saying that. People lost money. People lost a lot of money. 
people are searching through the rubble, trying to find clues to work out who might be next. And a lot of them have reached the same conclusion. Tether. Tether is the one to worry about. And Tether is what I've been investigating for all these months. Tether is a mystery, but it's not a secret. It's the on-ramp from traditional money to cryptocurrencies and the off-ramp if you want to cash out. In the crypto world, it's everywhere. It could hardly be in plainer sight, but it is a mystery because it plays its financial cards so close to its chest. The people behind Tether make one simple promise. They say that for every Tether they send out into the world, they will hold a real dollar in the bank. That is its whole reason for being. And it is what makes Tether different from most cryptocurrencies. But the company has never produced a set of accounts to show that their promise is true. And it's not because people haven't asked them to. For the first time in my life as a reporter, I am hunting down not just a story, but a bounty. I'm looking for real money. That's because a player in the financial markets has offered $1 million to anybody who can prove that Tether's promise is or isn't true. A $1 million jackpot to anybody who can show them the money or the lack of it. Real money to find out if it's real money. Let's start with the $1 million, the prize. There's a tale behind it which goes way back. The history of human flight is really the story of the balloon. Let's fill it with hydrogen and see what happens. The world's greatest lighter-than-airship, the Hindenburg. That superliner of the sky made her first trip to America from Germany in March 1936. Maybe the Hindenburg is famous enough that you can picture it, but just in case you can't, let me help you out. It was an enormous blimp, a sort of sideways hot air balloon. It was a technological marvel, a game-changer. Approaching Lakehurst, the Hindenburg appeared a conquering giant of the skies, a fine example of simplicity and economy of design, a triumph of lighter-than-aircraft the like of which the world has never seen before. So the lighter-than-airships grew in size and utility. And who knows, they may still grow. And now we leave them with the airman's heartiest wishes. Happy landing. Back in the 1930s, people got very carried away with the Hindenburg, the emblem of hydrogen air travel. I think that's because it looked like the future, the way cryptocurrencies look to some people. The whole airship industry was booming. There was so much hype that the Empire State Building was built 200 meters higher so it could be a place for these blimps to park. And the reason I find it fascinating that people got so excited is that they did so despite a fatal flaw, and not a secret one. Inside the silver envelope are 16 separate gas bags, each filled with hydrogen, a highly inflammable gas. It's amazing, isn't it? Hydrogen is the most inflammable gas in the universe, and yet, somehow, people were still surprised and horrified when this happened 80 miles from New York down the Jersey Shore. 
It burst into flesh. Get it started. Get it started. It's fighting. And it's fighting. It's fighting. Terrible. Oh, my. Get out of the way, please. It's burning and bursting into flame. This is terrible. This is one of the worst catastrophes in the world. Oh, the humanity. This is, folks. I'm going to have to stop for a minute. The Hindenburg burned and crashed. And the future it promised ended right there and then. I'm Nathan Anderson, founder of Hindenburg Research. Nate named his firm after the Hindenburg airship. That's because to Nate, the Hindenburg represents one of these moments where we all got carried away. And his business depends on spotting those moments. We named our firm Hindenburg Research after a bubble, a a pocket of irrationality at Hindenburg. We identify and pop bubbles. My producer and I have been trying to track down Nate Anderson, the bubble popper, for a month now. Oh my God, that's what your voice sounds like. How are you? (laughs) Hold on, hold on. I need to, can I stick you on speaker? Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So I don't know then if this is, I'm looking at Joanna who's standing next to me trying to stop the sound of the the piped music. (laughs) If this is the best time to actually talk about the, she's shaking her head violently. The idea you have if you have some time tomorrow. tomorrow. Are you back in the city? Yeah. I'm around tomorrow. I've done a lot of investigations, and this one has been a real, real challenge. So, and, you know, that's, uh, to me, it says either. I mean, we can talk more about this. Yeah. yeah. So should I call this number tomorrow at 9? Mm-hmm. And that is how we met Nate Anderson. Bubble popping is a strange way to make a living, you might think. But there is a lot of money in it if you can find the right one. The bubble that Nate has his eye on right now is the crypto coin Tether. It's a stable coin. Stable because it's tied to the U.S. dollar. 70% of all Bitcoin is bought using Tether. It's worth $72 billion. But if it goes down, we believe crypto will too. How that is and why that is is all to come, and it's a psychedelic tale. The people who created Tether, the fortunes that they've made, the rules that they've dodged, the risks that they've taken, the risks to all of us, actually. It's a story for the ages, and particularly for somebody like me. I'm a journalist and a psychologist, and I have been following technologies and utopias and the people who buy into them for two decades. I have found through my personal experience and my research that when a utopian vision comes along, there are people who will risk it all, and they'll risk anybody who chooses to follow them to the ends of the earth. I'm Alex Krotowski, and this is episode one of Real Money. It's 9 o'clock the next morning, and I'm on a call with Nate. The maiden voyage of the Hindenburg was a major moment for hydrogen air travel. There was a tremendous amount of hype. People thought that hydrogen-based dirigibles were really going to be uh, the future of air travel. Nate is a short seller. He's somebody who bets on the hope that the value of something is going to fall. It's like exchanging your watch at a pawn shop for 1,000 pounds and then buying it back a week later for 500. You get to keep the difference. 
Like every short seller around the world, he is always on the lookout for things that inflate quickly because they tend to be the ones that go down quickly as well. A bubble, in my view, is when a corner of a market grows, not for reasons deserving of growth. It's just sort of irrational growth based on this perpetual feedback mechanism where if some people invest, maybe the value of the thing goes up and then people see the value of the thing going up. So then more people jump in and maybe underneath it, it might in fact be a scam. It might just be insiders stealing or it might just be one of these kind of perpetual growths that eventually explodes. In the 1990s, it was houses. In the 1630s, it was tulip bulbs. Nate sees another bubble forming, a cryptocurrency bubble, and he thinks it's going to burst. But he needs evidence. We issued a million-dollar bounty looking for Tether's holdings. Nate Anderson, the man who makes money when bubbles pop, is the man behind that million-dollar reward to anybody who can come up with the evidence that Tether is based on hot air. And there's a reason to think that that might be the case. Nobody's seen the accounts behind the company, even though it's inflating rapidly. I'm not the first journalist who's tried to see if Tether's money is real. It's even been investigated by the New York Attorney General. But beyond all of this, it is just a great yarn with really colorful characters who are running the show. A former Disney child actor, the co-creator of Inspector Gadget, a mysterious Italian plastic surgeon, and a secretive Dutch man who also sometimes goes by a Taiwanese name. They are all part of the Tether story. Once you take the orange pill, you effectively start your journey down the rabbit hole. They did audacious things that, again, you probably couldn't get away with today, but they did it, and they ran fast enough, and it worked. We own that mistake, and uh, but... That doesn't mean that we are bad people. People want information. Why not just give them the information about the reserves and then they'll just back off? Tether is known as a stablecoin. It was invented to stabilize value in a system where the worth of things that are traded might fluctuate on any given day. It's a clever idea, but there is something like it outside of cryptocurrency. So you go to the casino, take your money to the cage, and you buy $100 worth of chips. Wendy is a croupier in New York. You go to poker, that's your $100. You go to blackjack, you take your chips with you to blackjack. And in the end, you're cashing out whatever the value of your chips is. There is no change. It is stable. The value of the chips is the value of the money when you go to cash out. The casino chips play the same role as the stable coins in cryptocurrency. They don't alter in value even when the stakes of the game change. If you know one thing about cryptocurrencies, it's their inherent instability. The value of a Bitcoin could soar one minute and it could crash the next. So many businesses don't want to accept a currency which could be worthless a week, a day, an hour later. But what if there was one crypto coin that never changed in value? that you could purchase in exchange for a currency like the U.S. dollar and know that what you paid in dollars, you could keep in coins. This idea is how Tether was born. So that means for every Tether I buy, one of my dollars should be sitting in a bank somewhere. It's called being one-to-one. But where is the money and where is that bank? 
That is what Nate and a whole lot of other people have been asking and what I want to find out. So I'm going to buy $25 in Tether, and I will track down where that $25 is in Tether's accounts. First thing I need is a wallet. So Coinbase is a wallet. Coinbase is a way that I can hold my Tether. Now here we are. We're at Coinbase. So I'm going to create my account. I'm going to put my name in. I've created my profile. I've provided my information. I've uploaded my docs. And so now I just have to go out and buy some Tethers. Let's do a credit card deposit. In 24 hours, I'm going to be the proud owner of 25 Tethers. All I need to do now is find out where my $25 are and the rest of the $72 billion that Tether holds. And I can go back to Nate and I can claim my prize. It is very much an emperor has no clothes situation where it really seems like in many cases there is so much broad support for something that is backed by so little. How can we prove it's worth a dollar? The kind of holy grail and the key that we're looking for with the Tether bounty, and we would absolutely love to pay this, would be current complete holdings of Tether's balance sheet. So if Tether says they have $50 billion worth of Tethers, what are all these assets that they hold so that we can see what each of them is worth and whether it all totals up to being equivalent to a dollar per Tether? It should be a very easy exercise. Why hasn't this been done already? People are kind of running around the world chasing this information where it probably only exists in the hands of a few people that will not be convinced to give it up unless forced through power of subpoena or law enforcement or just get lucky at the right time with the right person who feels like they're being in a transparent mood (laughs) or, or has some interest in kind of sharing it and getting out there into the world. The only major complication is that I I suspect that the information we seek is held by a very small group of people that all have a very strong interest in keeping it deeply, deeply private. The big challenge, cracking that inner circle or finding a service provider or individual who knows how to access that information somehow else. Do you think we'll be able to find those people? I think you'll be able to find the people. I don't think Tether has been terribly forthright about all the people that work with it, but you will at least be able to identify senior management. Whether or not you'll be able to actually sit in front of them and have a conversation with them is another question. Whether you'll be able to sit down with Brock Pierce and talk about Tether and the company and its founding and its history and its holdings and its approach, I mean, that would be an interesting interview. Brock Pierce, the man who says he invented Tether. He ought to know where the money is. So to find the money, it would help if we could find him. Brock Pierce, our first witness. But yeah, I think you'll be able to at least identify the key people that you'd want to interact with. I know that this information is out there. I'm sure that Tether's senior executives have it. There's a lot of people that have been trying to solve this mystery and have come up with complete error. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment. 
you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're a detective, which is how I'm thinking of myself right now, who's trying to get your hands on the balance sheet of a cryptocurrency, where do you start? Well, I mean, physically, where do you go? I could Google the address of the headquarters of the Bank of England or the Federal Reserve and go knock on their door. But at the risk of stating the obvious, half the point of cryptocurrencies is that they're not physical. They're digital. They don't have a central bank with a vault in the basement. There's not a headquarters except maybe a laptop somewhere. Or at least that's what I thought. Turns out there is a kind of crypto HQ. It just hasn't got the usual central bank vibe to it. And that is where some of the original founders of Tether are. It's about four years since a lot of the big players in cryptocurrencies started blowing into San Juan. They landed on the shores of what locals call the island, Puerto Rico, just as it was being blown off the map. Hurricane Maria made a ruin of the place. Now, Hidden in the cracks of abandoned hotels that teeter over the bodegas and the bars of the capital are new life hipster bookshops and co-working spaces with extra electrical sockets and strong flavored coffee bars to keep the crypto kids chasing the money all night. These entrepreneurs arrived in Puerto Rico with their pockets full of digital cash. They bought up what was left of the old town and with their investments and support from the U.S. Federal Disaster Fund, The columns have a lick of paint, the cobbles are cleared of mud, and the music is pouring out of the windows. So these guys, because most of them are men, are enjoying making their utopia, and they're like any other community. They help each other out. They dream up new schemes. They know exactly who's already made it and who is still trying to get there. Since we have arrived in... Puerto Rico, there has just been the constant background music of reggaeton and salsa. It's absolutely magical, especially with the balmy night. It's super humid. We're at the location on the address that Ryan's given to us for Crypto Monday, and it's in Old Town San Juan. Ryan is one of the key players in the crypto scene here. We've got people who seem to be arriving. I wonder, I don't know who's going to come to this. There wasn't a guest list or any kind of like networking that gave you the idea of who was going to be here. So Ryan is on his way. So we make chat with Pedro, who runs Crypto Monday. This is the beating heart of San Juan's crypto scene. The first thing you notice about Pedro is his aftershave. It smells like summer rain on grass and expensive. It fills the room, even though it's open air. He's already made the rounds. Pedro is one of those public speakers who says no to a microphone, and he manages to greet everyone in the room without ever looking like he's trying. He's got a freshly trimmed mustache running tightly to his upper lip like a pencil line. Hey, Pedro. Hey. Ryan invited us. He said it would be okay if we record it. Yes, of course. This is Joanna. I'm Alex. Pleasure to meet you. When you have a moment, because I know you're setting up, can we just chat a little bit about you? 
I got to do an interview. I'll be back in a second. Super quick. Tell me, tell me about this event. Okay. Ryan invited us along. Which Ryan? This is Ryan Lackey. Oh, Lackey. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So okay. he's like, you've got to come along. Yeah, yeah. I'm no, see Ryan's this. good people. Okay. So uh, basically, Crypto Mondays yeah. started here in March of 2018. Okay. Huge migration. Obviously, you know, there was big blockchain week in March of 2018, spearheaded by uh, uh, Brock and company. There he is again. Brock Pierce, the man we came to find. There were huge conferences. There was like 10,000 people here. That's when I actually was made the decision to actually move to Puerto Rico as well. That's it. There was a lot of uh, work that needed to be done because it was right after Hurricane Maria. They gave the project a nickname, Puertopia. We've probably had around 50,000 people come. I mean, I put on a Crypto Mondays just about every single Monday for the past uh, four and a half years. I have a saying that I go by that's build longer tables, not higher walls. And it's a very inclusive mindset that we have here. As long as you have good vibes and you're not coming, you know, trying to, you know, uh, scam anybody, which we typically don't have those issues in Puerto Rico. Pedro is quick to distance this community from any bad press. Because, you have, you know, you're not going to apply for these tax benefits unless you already got a bunch of money trying to save money on what's the What's the makeup of the people who come? How many are entrepreneurs? How many are interested community members? When you have 50,000 people, man, you got a big mix. You know, uh, I would imagine the overwhelming majority of the people that are here live in San Juan that come to the meetup are accredited crypto investors that are here taking advantage of the Act 22 uh, provisions, Act 20, Act 22, which is now Act 60. Yeah. <laughs> and they are smart enough to make the move to Puerto Rico to save 23.9% on their cap gains. Then ultimately, these guys are generally serious about business. Wow. There are a lot of people who come just for the event. I meet people every week that tell me they fly in just to come see us. And also, too, the friends of the people that come that live here. You know, it's just, it just, it, it compounds. It's easy to imagine a utopia on an island, and because Puerto Rico has got this strange relationship with the United States, where it's part of the U.S. and not part of it at the same time, it can seem both familiar and far away. All of that, plus the tax breaks, means that it might have always attracted a cryptocurrency crowd, but it wouldn't be the global HQ if it wasn't for our man, Brock Pierce. So we are hoping to speak with Brock when we're in the country. I ask Pedro what Brock is like. Brock is a friend of mine. He's always comes, you know, like pops in periodically. He's a very busy man. He has a ton of businesses going on. Um, Brock has been a value add to just about uh, the overwhelming majority of the people that I know. Um, from that perspective, obviously, he's good people. But ultimately, you know, like I just like to point people towards his direction as opposed to you trying to compile what people think of him. Brock, Brock may pass by tonight. Brock is my homie. I love him. It's not like I wouldn't want to give you guys a quote about it, but at the same time, you want to ask Brock. Very simple. So far, Brock has not replied to mine or my producer's emails and social media messages asking for an interview. So we've come to his hangouts to see if we can meet him in person instead. And we find ourselves surrounded by his friends. I'm I'm friends with Brock, and I socialize with Brock and do a lot of stuff. It is a close-knit community. We met Pedro through this guy, Ryan Lackey. We met Ryan through a connection in New York. Ryan is an original. He has been pushing decentralization since the internet was still in the fringes. And he and a lot of the people from the very early days see crypto as the key to a new world order, a utopia by any other name. Ryan was one of the people behind a personal favorite internet utopia of mine. Maybe it's this idea of utopias that attracts us to Brock. I think originally it was basically Brock and the Brock community that were here. And Brock is incredibly prolific and has worked on uh, Noble Bank, Tether, EOS, uh, 10 other crypto projects. 
Ever since Nate Anderson pointed me in Brock Pierce's direction, I've been getting ready for the moment that we meet. I've been doing my homework. He's one of Tether's great protagonists, and I mean that in the most literal sense of the word. He is a memorable character. The first thing people say about him, closely followed by the words entrepreneur and crypto billionaire, is, oh, the guy who was in The Mighty Ducks. The Mighty Ducks? Yep, that one. The cult 1990s ice hockey film. From Walt Disney Pictures, he's a hotshot attorney who's never lost. Yes. Forced to coach a hockey team that's never this is Brock as Gordon Bombay practicing his ice hockey technique. Brock does not do things by halves. He is one of those rare people who gives everything he can to whatever he's doing. He's an all-in or an all-out kind of guy. After starring in a few more movies, he shifted to the other side of the camera, co-founded a digital video company, got the entrepreneur bug, and has since created at least 30 startups around the world. Almost all of them are in tech, and most of these are in crypto. But his drive to take over the virtual world has tipped into the physical one. I'm from Minnesota, born and raised, and every time I'm here... It brings me some of the fondest memories of my childhood. You know, spending time on the lakes in the summers, playing baseball, or spending time on the ice in the winter, ice skating, maybe ice fishing. I got my start in acting here in Minnesota, and I was blessed to, to book a role playing Gordon Bombay in The Mighty Ducks or Young Emilio Estevez. When I say all in, I mean all in. This is an invitation to participate in the rebuilding of our nation. Now is the time to act. I'm Brock Pierce, and I'm running for president of the United States of America. My mission is to provide a path forward for the rebuilding of our nation. In Brock's official campaign video, he's standing on a sun-weathered hill in a cream suede cowboy hat, the golden light bouncing on tall grass as he looks out over the horizon. You don't do things just because you can. You do things because you should. We live in a world that's not transparent. All sorts of things going on that we can't see. It's the year 2020. Things are supposed to get clear bringing transparency to systems and places that have historically been opaque. We believe bringing light to shadow will better all things. Excellent. Bringing light to Tether's shadowy billions is exactly what we hope he'll help us do. How are you measuring or scoring yourself in this game? Because to some degree it is choose your own adventure. I'm Brock Pierce, and I live my life in service. Brock Pierce is running for president of the United States of America. Brock to vote at brock.vote. Brock is now on a mission to change the world, one crypto coin at a time. His journey has led him here to Puerto Rico, the ground zero of cryptocurrency. I do wonder if Brock's going to show up. 
the Crypto Monday event, we met with a whole bunch of characters, all of whom, <laughs> without fail, talked about Brock. Like, they, they just brought him up as this kind of, like, central character in this space. Absolutely elemental to bringing everybody together. You see, it was in his brain that Tether was allegedly born, so surely he must know where the money is, or at least where it was. Back at our business beach workstation, the San Juan Hotel version of a fusion restaurant. But instead of sashimi linguine for us, it's laptops and sandals and strong coffee and continuous lobby music and a 24-hour swimming pool for very excited children. This is the beginning of what is starting to feel like a very surreal adventure. Alex, have you seen the Signal Group? No. Check it. So, I popped a message in there earlier. This is to Ryan, to see if we had another channel of contact to get a sit-down with Brock. And he's just replied. Ah, fantastic. I asked him on Twitter and he said, sure. (laughs) I feel like I've asked him on Twitter like 300 times. It's all about who you know. Brilliant. We've got an email address. All right, I'm sending an email. New message. We interviewed Ryan Lackey at Crypto Monday for our podcast series about crypto and tether. He has kindly connected us. We're in town for the next day and a half, and we'd love to sit down with you whenever you have some time. Yours is the name on everyone's lips, and we want to speak with you about you rather than hear about you from everyone else. Points of interest in particular. The world's global problems you're trying to solve with crypto, how you're doing it, and how you straddle the decentralized world with politics. We're happy to travel and meet up wherever you are. Really yeah, looking forward to it. What were you saying? Oh, put my number on the bottom. Oh, yeah. Producers. All right, cool. While we're waiting for a reply, I've made a connection that I didn't expect. I knew I knew the name Brock Pierce from somewhere. Back in the early 2000s, when I reported on computer games, Brock made waves because he was the co-founder of a company called IGE, the Internet Gaming Exchange. It was like a bureau de change for massively multiplayer virtual worlds, which was that generation's metaverses. People could trade currencies between the games, EverQuest pieces for Ultima Online Gold. They made a fortune. It was quite a bubble, but I never made that connection until I was sitting in a hotel lobby, listening to the frogs and the music and the soggy children while digging around in my archives and waiting for the phone to ring. Tether was not Brock Pierce's first dance with digital assets, which means he really knew what he was doing. We did not get a reply that night, but I didn't lose any sleep over it. Just got back to the hotel, and um, I opened up my email, and I noticed there's a new one. And it's from Brock says, happy to hear from you. Great. Okay. So that's what we got. (laughs) That's what we got. 
okay, uh, I guess it. I'll respond. Yeah, that's it. So I guess I'll respond <laughs> and say, great, shall we chat? Uh, that's, that's all I got. It was quite a well-worded email. I thought it was quite clear that oh. I said, here's my phone number. <laughs> These are the things we want to talk about. That's all he said. That's all he said. He's happy to hear from us. One step closer. I'm, I'm actually really happy about this, honestly, because it, it just, it feels, it just feels like all we've been doing is chasing a kind of shadow, you know, kind of myth. Um, and now there's evidence that he exists in five words. So that's good, but we have direct contact. So I'm happy with that. Okay, so I'm gonna respond. I'm gonna say, we have time. Great to hear from you. Brock, hope you've had a lovely evening. Uh, let's get together tomorrow. Um, name a place and we will bring the coffee. This series was reported by me, Alex Kratoski. It was written by me and Joanna Humphreys. The producer is Joanna Humphreys. Additional reporting by Luke Bedema. Sound design is by Carla Patella. Original theme is by Tom Kinsella. Additional production by Rebecca Moore. With thanks to Nate Anderson, Carl Jablonski, and Ryan Lackey. The executive producer is Carrie Thomas. Real Money is a Tortoise production. Tortoise members and Tortoise Plus subscribers on Apple Podcasts get exclusive and ad-free access to Real Money, as well as Tortoise's other investigative series. Simply subscribe to Tortoise Plus on Apple Podcasts or join Tortoise as a member, where you will also get invites to exclusive events in our newsroom. Go to tortoisemedia.com slash realmoney for a special offer to become a member today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.